right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spinning the one and twos. 877-37-GRIND is your number. Broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. No, I like I like Miss Sunshine, Rihanna. I just, I mean, I thought she had a good performance too. She was pregnant, but I've always thought about like, man, like that's, you know, that's just a little bit disrespectful of what you, you know, that. That's just the way it is, but I get it just because it's just the level they're on. Other commercial I thought though, I, I like the Arnold commercial uh, with the Danny DeVito and, uh, you know, Arnold, how we always chopper and all pronounced and all that. I thought that was good. Other than those two, they were just kind of like, uh, there might have been one more that I was thinking. The dumbest one I thought was the couch potato one. That was just dumb. I think they ran that one twice, didn't they? You might be right. You might be right. Because I remember like uh, walking away from the screen and kind of poking my head in and seeing. Because I, I made the mistake of trying to cook at halftime or uh, right before halftime. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah, the commercials, I mean, it is what it is. But it, again, it just goes back to, I mean, you can put it in a category of the slam dunk content it's just like it comes to a point like what are we really I mean, we've kind of like see it all you know uh, but i really think the finances and the economic part has played a factor in the more the creativity because you're having to pay for actors you're having to pay for a lot so and the spots you know are kind of i mean they're not cheap but for the but for the halftime performance for the most part i mean i thought the sound could have been a little bit better but i thought his performance was okay the way he you know, fed in the set, you know, in the song. But the whole Alicia Keys thing, that's just performance. And I've seen it some on my tie like dudes. Uh, oh, if that could have been my woman, that couldn't have been my woman. Man, there's a woman, there's a dude at a call center that's hugging on your chick that ain't even her usher. Okay, you got somebody bagging groceries that's hugging up on your chick while she's at work and you don't even know. And that's usher. Man, I can't stand people. Like, it's it, like, first of all, like, entertain, like, that's what he does. They had a song together. It's like there, it's there, there was consent, you know. They, they weren't. He wasn't doing that without her approval. You know, they went through the choreography. Here's how we're gonna do this, a hundred percent. On the sound piece, I actually liked the fact that the sound wasn't great, and I know that sounds kind of weird. Hmm. But because when the when you got a, a guy, especially like Usher, who's dancing and moving and this that, you know, he, he's he's performing, he's entertaining. When he's doing oh doing all of that, sometimes. You run that risk of of saying, "Well, was it pre-recorded? Was he lip lip syncing?" Oh, I don't think it was. And and, he, I, well, I, and I think that that yeah. again plays to because the quality was not album perfect well, or yeah, recording I, studio perfect. Because of all of that, I feel like you really get that fact that wow, yeah, this is a live performance. Yeah, I think I don't mean that the audio was bad in regards that he sounded bad. I just think, and you're right, you bring up a good point to the fact that. You know, I was I was listening to Usher do an interview. Um, I, I, I was it it might have been on Shay Shay. It might have been with Shannon Shore, but he was talking about how. And I've heard this before, but you know, you can look at Usher, and it's it's Michael Jackson all over the stage. I mean, that's who he. I mean, and he said it. He don't try to hide from it. You know. Um, but he said that you know Mike paid him one of the biggest compliments and said, "Hey, look, you know what?" He said, I, "The fact, the respect I have for you is the fact that you sing." And you dance at the same time. He said, and I know that's not 
easy to do. He said it was one of the greatest compliments Mike gave it to him, but nah, she wasn't lip syncing. I just meant the audio still could have probably been a little bit different, but I just think the overreaction, the, it wasn't a top three performance for me, but it was a good performance. I think he did something i never seen anybody do with a catalog that size is, is fit all those songs in in a timely manner the way he had to. I thought that was very impressive. And and uh, But Alicia Keys, I mean, again, that's just... That's part of a deal, and those are two professionals. And like I said, at the end of the day, you know, she's with Swiss Beats, but at the end of the day, that is Usher Raymond. That is Usher. You know, like I said, a lot of a lot of y'all talking about, oh, that's my girl. Uh, if it wasn't that, I couldn't do that. And like I said, you got a dude that is saying, hey, can I help you with anything else today? And hanging up the phone that's in dry dialing that's filling up on your check at work, and they ain't and they ain't sold a hundred million albums. Okay. Everybody talking about what they would do and that can't be me and make it a big deal when that's that. I mean, that's art. I mean, the reaction, I'm telling you, man, you thought they would swear they were they were reacting. They were about to do a shoot for Bang Bros. I mean, I mean, seriously. Eight, seven, seven, three, seven, grind. All right. Now, moving on from the Super Bowl. The only other football news that came about. Today, as we get in these rumor mills, is according to the New York Post and other outlets, which I know where they got it from, um, that the Denver Broncos are discussing the possibility there's options that they would possibly bring Russell Wilson back on a renegotiated deal. Shocking. Duh. The reason why they got this report is because Sean Payton was down in Vegas, did an interview with Rich Eisen and just said, hey, yeah, those things are being discussed. And he laid it out because if you listen to me right now, you really don't know what they're going to do at 12. He just says, hey, man, I'm not like you can't like he said, no, it's not like, well, you got to take one of these quarterbacks. No, you don't. I mean, that's what he said. So it depends. And he said the other thing that means something to him. Russ wants to come back. Russ wants to stay. But he said, we'll see. And the reason why I say shocking is because I told y'all that that whole situation about benching Russ in the final couple weeks was probably more to do and they're still going to get their hands slapped for this. I haven't heard any fine, but they're going to pay a penalty for this. But it was a part of a negotiation ploy. But the way I look at it, look, man, I, you know, if he would come back at a different number, would I be OK? I don't know, because the truth of it is, man, I am ready to really find out they, they've got to get a young stud. This guy's running amok, man. 1-5 is running amok. And in the AFC, and there's going to be no realignment, in the AFC, if you don't have a quarterback, I don't care what running back you got. I don't care how many pass rushes you got. I don't care who your coach is. If you don't have a quarterback, you we're in the era right now. I don't know how long it's going to last for. But if you're in the AFC, you are taking not a butter knife, but a plastic knife that they give you at some restaurants to a gunfight. You, you, you can't. And, and you're talking about Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Hibbert. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud on the come up. Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah. Funny story over the weekend. Now you brought it up. I was going to wait, but I almost forgot. Saturday night, it was probably about 3 o'clock in the morning. 
and I'm at the blackjack table, and I'm very particular on on blackjack when I do go. I like there's two there's two tables there's places at tables I don't sit there there's things I look for, um, and I was at this particular table next to the sports book, and it was three o'clock in the morning, and then of course you know I'm sitting there playing one on one, about to play start one on one, and then you have the traditional threes the crowd guy coming to the table that's out at super bowl week maybe bachelor party i don't know say hey mind you mind if you sit down to play no one of them i thought was british now i think about it he was actually australian and he was sitting right next to me and it was three o'clock in the morning and i'm sitting there doing okay but i'm kind of focused so we're start playing a couple of days things are going good which we're playing on one of those eight decks. It ain't, it's one of them, you know, this new school too, man. They do it for people that really count cards. I don't count cards. I just got other systems, but they, it's constantly going eight decks. So you don't really shuffle. So the conversation, so we've gone through about at least two decks and, and, you know, we're doing pretty good. So all of a sudden the Australian guy is sitting next to me because sometimes I'm paying one or two hand and they come and they, first of all, they raise the table minimum to probably at the time, $100, but they had grandfathered us in that was there because it was a $25, $50 minimum table anyway. So this Australian guy turns over to his friend and goes, hey, man. He goes, look, man, across that table, that's, that's a tool. And to my thing, I have my head down. I'm thinking, this is Super Bowl. And so I look up, and I see this light-skinned dude that's basically sitting there. I'm like, dude, that's not Tua, you know? And I put my back, my head back down, and then all of a sudden, he's talking to me. He's, bud, man, that's Tua, man. It's sitting over there, man. I'm going to go over there, mate. It's Tua. Really, an Australian. I'm telling you, man, it sounds just like that. I'm like, man, they think we all look alike. See, and this is about, by this time, it's 4 o'clock in the morning because they let us know, hey, we're about to shut down these two tables. And I looked up. And for sure enough, the second time I looked up, I was like, damn, that is Tua. I mean, he had his hair braided tight. He was there. And from that point on, I was like, man, I, like I, so the first thing I want to think of is like, man, I want to see if this guy really knows how to play blackjack or is he just basically, that's the thing. That's the crazy thing that pops. I'm not thinking like, damn, man, that's Tua from Miami, you know, roll tide. I'm not thinking that. But I'm sitting there and say, okay, I lose a couple of hands. Whatever. I'm saying, all right, man, you bad luck since I've known you. So I'm just sitting there. So the guy sits there and says, you know what, man, I'm going to go up and say something to him. And of course, I don't say anything. And his friend goes, wow. He gets up and friend's like, yeah, let's see how this turns out or whatever. So I'm just sitting there. And he plays it cool or whatever. He goes up, says something. Tua doesn't move or whatever. He comes back. He's like, man, he's pretty down to earth guy. I'm like, okay, whatever. So we get done playing. They shut the table that I'm down on. And they shut the table. And I was going over there to see if there was an extra spot. Because he was sitting in the seat that I usually sit in. And I had played at that table probably earlier that day so I, that's why i was hanging out there so this is about 4 20 in the morning so two has got him he's got his other brother with i think it was his other brother he's got two other guys he doesn't have a big entourage with him but he's there and then there's this receiver from the packers man i think he's from the packers i can't think of him but he's in the league and and he came to that table started playing and it was funny man this is just older like seven, she was like had to be like 67 year old lady who was dealing and, and she had switched to the table and she felt so bad because I played against her earlier and she played, she felt so bad when she would take your money, but she's like, Oh, well, I'm sorry like that. And Tua turns around to this dude. Cause by this time I'm watching Tua turns around to this receiver. He's like, Hey man, he's like, don't worry about it, man. He's got plenty of money. And I just sit there and say, fun cause I'm, you know, I'm done with my table, whatever like that. And I kind of laugh. I'm like, man, you signed 150, 60 million extension. What are you talking about? So I'm looking at him I'm like, man, this guy's going 25 to $50 a hand. So sure. 
sure enough, they shut down his table. He's standing there. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to introduce myself because I don't want to go up there and say, I'm not going to come at this way. I'm going to come at a different. So I walk up to him. And I stand right by him. At first, you can tell he didn't want to look. He's saying, like, who's this big, black, older guy just standing right? I said, hey, Tua. And he didn't respond. I said, Tua, he looked at me. I said, hey, man. I said, let me ask you a question. I'm talking to him just like this. I'm not saying, hey, I'm Calvin Cajun. I said, Tua, let me ask you this. He's like, yeah. I said, now on a scale to one to ten, I said, where do you rank it on how shocked or surprised you were when Nick Saban called it quits? And he just sat there for a minute. He was thinking. He was like, damn. You know, because he's probably thinking, like, no one really approaches. They see, like, hey, Tua, can I have your arching this? So he's sitting there thinking, and he couldn't. I said, you put it at a seven? He said, you know what, to be honest with you, man, he goes, I'd probably put it at about an eight and a half, nine, as I was pretty shocked. I said, really? I said, did you talk to him? After he's like, yeah, he goes, I got a chance to text to him and say that it was all right. I said, all right, man, I was just wondering. I just figured that point. But I said, nice meeting you, man. I said, yeah, had a good season, by the way. Good job, man. I thank you, brother. Like, gone about the business. But the mind thing I tell, I was like, man, he ain't a real gambler, dude. He's going like seventy five hundred a hand, doubled a little bit on some. But that's when I kind of know. And this other guy, I forgot who he was, but yeah, he was football. So they were all about. But I thought that was interesting. Like four o'clock in the morning, and I was like, that mate's right, man. That is to a bloody dingo. But I was like, man, uh, yeah. But it was, you know. And I was on that drink a little bit, so it could have just been, you know, just like, first of all, I should have just said, like, man, you cost me this year in fantasy, man. I just want to let you know. But I didn't want to go typical dude, but really I had a tough, tough role in the fantasy, which kind of cooled off toward the end. But he's a down-to-earth guy, man. I mean, I think I could just tell chatting with him a little bit. He's just a down-to-earth. And that's the thing with NFL players, even somebody on tour level. Like, that's why I say they're the sport that you have a helmet on. So unless you really, really know, there's a lot of people that would sit there and there's other people playing the song, him, you know, alongside him for about a couple hours that had no idea that was Tua. And that's the thing, like in the NBA, like if you follow the NBA, normally that's not going to happen because, I mean, NBA, they sell, they sell individuals, they're stars, they don't play with a helmet cover. But there was a lot, there was a few people that I saw that was just flying under the radar that people didn't know, but I mean, they're football, you know, football players. You play with your helmet on for the most part. 877-37-GRIND. So the truth of the matter is, back to my original point, if you don't have a quarterback in the AFC, what we're witnessing right now in the era that we're in, you don't have a shot in hell, man. It doesn't matter. I, I mean, you got to have a stud that goes with your coach. So to bring it full circle, if Russ would come back for a bag of chips, I might be able to stomach one, but I, I, I've always felt, I thought it's interesting it's coming out now, and it's because Sean went ahead and addressed it with his interview with Rich Eisen. But I'm on the record. I'll tell you right now, this decision's up to Sierra. This comes down to what Sierra wants to do. If Sierra really wants to stay in Colorado, Russ is going to strip down and he's going to redo that contract. Now, he's going to piss off the players' union. If I'm Russell Wilson, I'm not redoing that contract. Like, just cut me. Either cut me or play, you know, me at the amount I'm playing. I am not doing that. But if Russ, if he stays... And he redoes that contract, then we know Sierra didn't want to move. And when you get your kids and you've gone to school and their kids are getting honored, that plays a factor. Because I think whether they stay or not, this next team is going to be Sierra's choice. If she wants to go back home, play in Atlanta, and I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm being dead serious. If she wants to go back in Atlanta and be at home, work out some with the Falcons, go compete with a job then. If she wants to go to New York, tell Daniel Jones to kick rocks. Go to the Giants. This move right here is all about Miss Sierra. 
because Russ has already moved one time from Seattle, and that was his leap to faith. He wanted to go ahead and get his own team, his own offense, break away from Seattle. This one's what Mama wants to do, okay? Now, if she wants to stay in Denver, it could be a good thing for Bronco fan because he has no choice but to redo that contract if he's going to continue to play. And if you ask me to put that on a scale of 1 to 10, the chances, I'm going to put that at a 3. I'm going to put it at a three because I really don't believe he should do that because I think if I'm the NFL PA and players and other quarterbacks, I'm hotter than fish grease if Russell redoes that contract. Because if he redoes that contract, I'll tell you the first one, I, I the first, if Russ redoes that, and trust me, the fan, the the interest in me of the organization, I think everybody want him to redo the contract. But I, my professional hat and what I'm saying, if he redoes that contract, the first person that needs to call him, Deshaun Watson needs to call Russ, and he answers the phone and just says, you know what, man, F you, and hang up. That's the first call that Russ is going to get because if he redoes that contract, Deshaun, go down the list. <laughs> They're coming. The owners are coming if they do that. But it depends on the situation, and it depends on how you want to manipulate that leverage like Sean did if you want to take that off. But if he redoes that contract, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'll call him and just say, F you, man. What the hell are you doing? You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here for the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spinning one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great bold and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. Louis Vuitton umbrella when I walk through the rain in the kitchen with the chicken kind of bread like kinds good got a mess look at like Johnny dying he deep muddy water stick carrying my kite right back I got money left pocket coat bulletproof white Cadillac riding in the time I'm a all right back here on the sports grind Calvin Casey Jonas Clark produces spin the one and two today's show was presented by Dos Equis we have been broadcasting from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios and this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang two words the key to any perfect cocktail and that is Zing Zang make sure you try it all their pre-made alcoholic drinks that come in different flavors all right but whatever you do make sure you always zing zang responsibly that is zing zang official sponsor of the sports grind all right so keeping it moving here um you know uh just to wrap up 
on the NFL situation. But with that news, yeah, that that's kind of how I feel. So it's not so surprising on the Russ Wilson front. Uh, you know, I thought it was interesting that says Sean said I couldn't tell you jersey numbers on the back of colleges. Like Monday's our first day to meet with scouting and this and all that kind of stuff. And what I took from it is that he's not a hundred percent set and has to. And you know, Greg Penner. George, there's nobody that can make him take a quarterback at 12 if he doesn't want to. That's what I took from the interview in general. So we just have to sit back and see. Um, but Russell Wilson, what's going to happen to Russell Wilson is definitely one of the top two storylines uh, in the offseason in the National Football League. Um, you know, maybe something shakes up and rocks that a different direction. But for the most part, that's where we're at. Uh, but switching and transitioning to the NBA um, as we're winding down to the All-Star break uh, coming this weekend. Um, you know, just in general, you got a couple things that's taking place. Uh, of course, you know that uh, the Spurs are back in action tonight. Uh, they're in Canada, right? They, they got... Uh, yeah, it would Toronto. be the, the road trip against the Raptors. So is this the first? I, I mean, I've been out of the loop since been on West Coast, but is this the first technically rodeo road trip, or did they have a game while we were gone down there that counts toward the rodeo road trip? Well, no, we talked about it on Friday, mm-hmm. or uh, not Friday, Wednesday mm-hmm. last week, that the Miami Heat game kicked off the rodeo road trip. Because then you made the comment, you know, that's how I, you know, that's how I tell you, oh, tell you about yeah, this part yeah, of the season yeah, yeah, is that yeah. we don't, we were at the rodeo road trip, we haven't even talked about it. Yeah. Um, so they started that one off with a loss, uh, followed that up with a loss to the Magic on Thursday, and then a loss to the Nets on Saturday. So they're 0-3 yeah. on the rodeo road trip so far. Uh, tonight uh, in Toronto, and then they're going to be flying back. So this, one's, this one gets a little hairy because you're flying back down to Texas. On when on two tomorrow, so tomorrow will be a travel day. You're flying back down to Texas to play the Mavs at 7:30 on Wednesday, and then you're going out to Sacramento to play again on Friday. Or on sorry, on Thursday, and you're playing the Lakers on Friday. So, uh, oh sorry, th- that's going to be a space there. Mavs on, on Wednesday is going to be the last game before the uh, before the All Star break. Apologies. <coughs> well, I mean that's tough travel. They young. They can get up and down a plane. They young. Young has nothing to do with rest. Hey man, they they fresh look. It's tough travel. Those kinds of knees cramped on an airplane. It's trip, man. They ain't flying, damn coach, man. Like, what are you like? One minute, man. I gotta hear everything come out of your mouth about man. They can't even buy. They can't even drive yet, Calvin. They can't even buy alcohol, man. They're the youngest team. Who cares that they lost? But for they're the youngest team in the league. And now you want to talk about that? They need to uh, sound like they need to take Geritol and Nodos. Oh, they need their rest. Nineteen and twenty some years, man. Let me tell you something. Uh, Manu, Tim, busted knees. Uh, Tony. Uh, probably didn't probably ran through like two, three chicks, then had to hit the rodeo road trip, man. And they eight and one, six and two. This has all been about the bonding. That That's why now that you refresh my memory, that's why I said before we left, I'm like, man, you know, it's some lean time because the rodeo road trip was always supposed to be. We're going to find out and mold out where this team's at. We're going to bunker in, as Pop says, we're going to bond. You know, we're going to sit down and we're going to read history facts. We're going to come together. Okay. But while the it's been moving at a fast pace for me while in Las Vegas, you let me know, damn it, they already 0-4 on this trip. And I'm just going to get settled into it this week. 0-3. 0-3. And, and, and they got Toronto in the 6th tonight. Yeah. What? 
Look, man, it's just one of those situations to where I'm just going to keep they, – they, they've just got to sell the team, man. I mean, and I don't say that, meaning they got to sell and move. They just need – they need some direction, you know, because it's so long that, you know, the whole losing and what we're doing is show improvement, but we'll see. They got Toronto. Tonight, the defending champs, the Denver Nuggets, uh, they've got Milwaukee. Um, and the Nuggets have kind of been – Eh, like that so much on the road. Uh, they'll get the benefit of the doubt for me because they already got the best player in the game and Joker, and they're still the defending champs. Uh, Milwaukee, this would be a good test for the Bucks. Uh, you know, I thought it was very interesting. I did catch while I was down there Pat Bev's intro. You know, Pat Bev, first time in Milwaukee, coming off the bench. Doc comes and gets him. Crowd, you know, got to warm up to him because Pat's one of those. If he ain't been on your team, you can't stand him. So I'm very interested to look at that game uh, tonight as well. And there was one more I thought was interesting. I think uh, the Clippers are in action tonight. Uh, as well, too. Uh, the Clippers, I think I've talked about this, or we've at least talked about this on the show. Um, yeah, they got the T-Wolves tonight. That's a very interesting one. Paul George says he's still hoping uh, to get a contract extension uh, from L.A. You know, it's that, you know we all went into this season, and, and I understand that probably the Clippers went in there saying, you know what, we've had the injury bug. It's really bitten us in the last couple years. Let's see how this goes. And Paul just been lingering there, and then finally you get the Kawhi Leonard extension. He opts in or gets the extension. So now Paul is looking like, of course, he's looking like he might want to stay because Tyron Lue is in his bag. And I told y'all pre-flop – that the Clippers, if they stayed healthy, and I don't want to jinx them, but if they stay healthy, they are the biggest threat in the West to the Denver Nuggets. And they are deep. Um, they're well coached. And Kawhi Leonard on the cool is having a hell of a season. But I haven't been tooting his horn too much because the reality of it is, is that they are an injury a quarter a play away from killing some serious momentum. But I think that is definitely a test for Minnesota tonight. And for the record, let me tell you this, who's getting a pass. Because, you know, it's Super Bowl. Everybody's been, you know, getting in football mode. No one's really dived into NBA other than, you know, you, you're coming off of Kobe statue, you know, LeBron. The team that is flying under the radar, too much Sam Rothstein. Looked like they didn't took a step back, two steps back. And this is on their leader. And that's that light the beam. Sacramento, the momentum the Kings had last year were almost knocking out the dynasty, the Golden State Warriors. The momentum, the light the beam. And I love Darren Fox, man. I do. I've come, I mean, I liked him when he was in Kentucky. I've liked him all that. He can ball. He's matured now. Sabonis, they have taken a step back, man. They don't play defense the way they did last year. This is a prime. Now, we still got a whole second half to play. So I can have the right to change this. But for right now through the first half, this is the poster child of an NBA team like a dog stopping to smell your own piss. Getting greedy off of success. How do you deal with it? And part of this is on Mike Brown, too. They take some L's, and they take the, the, the thing that's disappointed me the most about them is probably their lack on the defense. Sacramento is the one team this year in the league that I can sit there and say, hey, they look like they take a step back. There are some teams that's looked like they just same they did last year. 
But there's some teams that you could tell, and that's disappointing with them because they're they're at a point right now where they should be taking that next step. They should we should be talking about them, not the Clippers, in regards to maybe the biggest threat. Let, let me rephrase that. Let me phrase that because that's not fair to them. Because Clippers has been on that. Let me let me. I got I, I messed up on that one. That this is this is what it's about. OKC. It's not supposed to be getting. That's the fair comparison right there. OKC should not be looking at arguably looking like they the best second or third team in the West, better than Sacramento. There you go. Clippers, they they they've got a two time NBA champion, an NBA champion head coach. Um, you know, Mike Brown's won some hardware as assistant, but at the end of the day, that's a little bit. We've been expecting the Clippers to be here ever since the Paul George and Kawhi Leonard team up went down. What Oakland, Sacramento is letting Oklahoma come take they shine so far and oklahoma's a good team by the way that 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 brother's cold man i mean you know pressy on the cool again another guy that got out of the east houston street he's built you know he's you you forget i mean as far as i'm concerned chet ain't even the headliner yet I don't know if he will be. It's that depth they got in Gilchrist. Yeah, SGA's the real deal, man. His game is so nice. So nice. I mean, honestly, he should be in MVP conversations at this point at the halfway mark. He really should. He's been there for a while now. Yeah, what, what do you mean? Uh, this season, in terms of this season, SGA has been in the MVP talks for a while now. Well, I don't hear anybody really talk. I mean, honestly, I you know from his performance, yes, but no, there's nobody. The talking heads that I let, nobody's really discussing him as MVP because when not not on the level that in the last few years an Embiid, a Joker gets, a Giannis gets. No, I I, I I mean I think if you look at him and you know you look at his stats, you look like damn, he's having an MVP. Yes, there's having discussions, but no, you don't hear on Fox, ESPN, you don't hear TNT. Crew, I, I, there's no debates I've heard about Gilchrist having the MVP. No, now the people in Oklahoma, yes, but he's not to that level yet where we 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 sit there oddly say, "Hey, man, right now is it Giannis going for another one, or is the Joker going to get three in a row?" No, we don't talk like Gilchrist well, like that. First, well, first it's Gilgis Alexander. Well, Alexander, and I'm so sorry. if we can't put enough respect on an MVP candidate's name, well, I'm just it's telling SGA, you okay. Uh, looking at the odds right now, he's number two plus two seventy. Um, we're not having the conversation because it's just not. I mean, we, we because it's it's been steady. Like it's not just a popping conversation right now. Right. Like I said, it's been most throughout most of the season. It, his name has been there, and he, and it's worked its way up. You know, you, you had the Bucks losing streak there for a little while. Giannis fell back to plus seven fifty. Lucas cooled off well, plus a thousand. But you're looking at Joker at minus one fifty and SGA right. on his heels at plus two seven. Uh, the odds. Are, I always tell you this, Jonas. The odds is one thing. I'm talking about the media, bro. The, it, no, nobody. TNT has not had a discussion about SGA they, as being MVP. They haven't. Brunson. Brunson's been talked about. He's been talked about in the MVP on a national level. No, we're not. Now, part of that has to be they play in Oklahoma. That's the reality of it is. But no, the way that we talk about the at the at the halfway mark, the way we talk about people having all-star seasons like we do Giannis or Embiid when there's Tom Joker, no, he's not getting that love. And who's upcoming, who's never gotten it, is getting the love, and that has, might have to do with playing in the garden. Brunson does. I've heard, I've heard Charles Barkley and Shaq talk about that. But I do believe he's having an MVP season. But to bring it back to my original point, Sacramento, as of now, in my opinion, has taken a step back. 
when normally when you push a, a champion like they did they, last year and they were the sexy team last year. You know, they were really the Oklahoma Thunder a little bit this year, but I think Oklahoma might even be a little better than what Sacramento is just from a depth standpoint and star power. But they don't they, they should be playing better than what they are. Well, what if it's one of those things too where they're pacing themselves themselves a little bit better? Again, they're a young squad, they know the energy and everything that it took, you know, nearly exhausted themselves last year against Golden State, and so you're sitting there right as as we're here, you know, a couple days away from the All Star break. They're in the seventh seed. That's um, embarrassing. They're with the you know they're six games back because again the West is is pretty tight. Um, your one through four is all separated by a half a game, and that takes you to the Timberwolves, Clippers, Thunder, and Nuggets. Then you fall back to the Suns at five and a half, and then you look at the Kings there at six back, so they're a half game back of the Suns at five. But look, that's embarrassing. And I'm going to tell you this: No, when you haven't won anything, and you're not a veteran team, you don't. There's no pacing ourselves. That's for teams that are constantly in the finals. Like if you want to say the Nuggets pace themselves, yeah, they've been competing deep for years now. They're coming off. Of it. Sacramento's another young team. They what are they? They ain't won nothing. They can't pace themselves. They didn't took a step back. That that from being in the Western, were they in the Western Conference Finals last year, or what were they? What what round was that? No, I think they went out in what round two to, to the Golden Warriors. State. Okay, the way they played Golden State in the season they had last Maybe year, even round one. No, no, I think oh, either or. You're right, but that 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 matchup and they had the season that they in. I think they came in as what is a three seed or two seed last year. Being a seven seed right now, that they killed momentum. And, and, and that is, I, and I like Mike Brown, but that's kind of Mike Brown. But no, nah, man, they ain't won nothing to pace themselves. Like, that's like Lakers type of Shaq, Kobe, and Spurs back in the day. Veteran team. We played three playoff deeps. Sacramento just made the playoffs for the first time in God knows when last year. There's no pace in themselves in the regular season, and they're young. I mean, some of these guys ain't even playing every night anyway. How much do we? How much time do we want to give them off the pace? You know, but uh, we'll see. They maybe they get hot in the second half. But I think as we stand right now, as we go into the All Star break and we've gone past the trade deadline and all that, I just arguably, I mean, it is in the West right now. And honestly, man, you can really say, in my opinion, I'll sit here right now and think the winner is really coming out of the winner out of the Los Angeles Clippers if they stay healthy and the Denver Nuggets are going to win the title this year. The winner out of that series. I don't care where it comes. I don't care if it comes in the first, second, third, fourth round. I don't care. Western Conference Finals, I believe right now, barring any major injuries. Now, if Kawhi goes down, Paul, whatever, I can go in and say, oh, well, there we go again. They snake me. You got to blow it up. But for right now, until we speak here in February, those two right there. And, and look, go, uh, to be honest with you, the Denver Nuggets, they haven't really impressed me that much on the road. But you know what? I'm going to give them the bitter for the doubt because they are a veteran team. That is pacing themselves. They are the defending champs. You know, they will be there, you know, when the dust settles. You're going to have to knock them out four times. It ain't going to be easy. But I just think barring any major injuries right now. And the only reason why I'm not putting Boston in that category yet. I, I think Boston is still the cream of the crop of the Easter Conference. I don't know if the Knicks can beat them four out of seven. Maybe they can. Maybe this trade they did is because I just don't really – I'm not sold on Boston's offensive system. I think Missoula is comfortable now more in his own skin than he was last year, but it's too much Jalen Brown and Tatum against good teams. It's too much iso ball. 
And a lot of people, the rest of them stand around, and then Derek White might get going. He'll beat some people off the dribble. He'll spot up in the corner until wait for a, a Brown or a Tatum kickoff, a kickback. I just don't believe that you can beat, you know, the, I don't know, um, Denver Nuggets or an L.A. Clipper team four out of seven with that type of offense. Because you have to ask yourself, how many games, and y'all know I've told y'all how I feel about Tatum. I love him, but he's yet to show that he can play through when there's people leaning on him through adversity. So is he, are you going to get a consistency 30, 40 out of Tatum every game if you go up against what's the behemoth? I don't know. Do they got a shot to win it? Of course they do. But I just don't. I, that's the only reason why I'm not putting them in there quite yet. And I'm very interested to see how the Knicks come off out of the break because sometimes if you're a team that's not used to having much success and you've been building this up building it up like Knicks and especially with a coach like Tib who is a grinder do they fall off of some momentum after this break pay attention to the teams that come out of the break that might take some time like an old Chevy to get warmed back up again because it could be the break the all-star break could be a gift and the curse in the NBA sometimes what do you got well the hottest team rolling into the break is your is the Cleveland Cavaliers the winners of nine consecutive mm. nine and one across their last ten they find themselves five back of the Celtics then they've claimed that second spot in the east ahead of the Bucks and ahead of those Knicks yeah I mean it's a good story um, but I but the Cavs um, I don't think they would have enough to beat either one of those teams in the Florida's. I don't think they could beat Boston four to seven. Um, Philly, nah. An Embiidless Philly. Well, I think some, at some point Embiid's gonna come back. You would like to see, even though I might disagree with that. But if Embiid comes back, no. Um, who else? There's a, now there's some teams I think the Cavs could beat, but I think you know the Milwaukee, the the you know the 76 and I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But that is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in the Maha City in Denver, Colorado, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you at the snooze button and figure out the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. 
And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you. Cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 